0: Alright, happy Monday everybody, we are live, uh, as Armand mentioned a couple of podcasts ago, uh, well actually months ago when I was missing, he said uh, let's address the elephant in the room, yeah, Edgar's not with us today. Uh,
1: was he the elephant in the room? He, well
0: he was, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he doesn't have COVID, he's just feeling under the weather, uh, he was out and about with the family and it's been chilly for the past couple of days, so uh, he got a little bit of a cold, and uh he'll be missed uh, he'll be missing today's show so uh, Edgar, feel better, and we'll see you next week uh, but he will be in the live stream with us um uh, conversing with everybody and uh chit chatting so um, i wanna give a special thank you to l a c council member. Mr. John Lee, for taking time out of his Monday to be with us. Thank Th- you so much, John. Thank you for having me. Uh, for those of you uh, tuning in, he's uh, part of the 12th district of Los Angeles, so that covers basically the Granada Hills areas, Porter Ranch, Northridge. Does it cover? Does it dip into like North Hills area? Chatsworth, Chatsworth
2: uh, West Hills, and then it, we have a small part of uh, North Hills.
0: Okay, and then how far down does it go? Does it reach?
2: It, Roscoe is generally that, that, kind of like that borderline. That, that, right? That's a borderline nice. for my district. Yeah, nice.
0: So, uh, I mean, uh, we'll get into multiple topics, uh, you know, with current events going on. Uh, but prior to that, let's kind of go back in time. We want to, you know, hear about you and your story prior to becoming council member. Uh, you know, your background a little bit, and then we'll we'll jump into current events. So, tell us about Mr. John Lee. <laughs>
2: well, I. Uh, you know, son of uh, two immigrants to this country, um, I've been working in government uh, on and off for the last 20 years. Uh, actually, 25 years. I started in 1996 with Councilman Joel Wax. Uh, this was something that, you know, my dad, when he came here in 1958, of all places he got a scholarship to, was Georgetown, Kentucky, from South Korea. So, in this third world country, he came. And he was in Kentucky, and he saw the different, you know, issues of, you know, black and white, and uh, it had a profound impact on him. So, you know, when he made his way out to Los Angeles and uh, wanted to get in the movie industry, uh, you know, he clicked, you know, quickly sort of hit that ceiling and, uh, you know, but he was always very involved politically. And he, you know, one of the things he always taught you know, me was that if I wanted to make real change, I need to do it from the inside. So community service was always a big thing and uh you know it's been sort of that uh ongoing family joke that uh you know uh you know my parents are uh, weird Koreans they didn't want me to be a lawyer or doctor they wanted me to actually be into public service and so yeah it's a they're a strange strange bunch
0: (laughs) Yeah, normally it's like, it's a, obviously it's a stereotype when sure. you hear, you know, the Asian parents, they go, <laughs> you got to be either a lawyer or a doctor. No other exceptions. And it has to be
1: Harvard,
2: yeah Yeah. It yeah, yeah. can't be, you know. No, no Bs. Yeah, yeah. Are you, were your parents a hard B, on the grading? A, a B is like a Korean D. <laughs> are you? Are you <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I mean, you don't have to worry about that because Ds and Fs are being taken away now. <laughs> so You're automatically A
2: three C now. Oh,
0: man. So you basically, you so you were born here.
2: Yep, born here, uh, born in Van Nuys, and uh, moved when I was eight years old to the district that I now represent, into Northridge. And you've lived there? Ever, yeah, ever, ever since. I mean, obviously there was a few years in there, um, you know, in my 20s where I lived in West LA, but for the most part, you know, for the last forty-three years, I've lived in Council District Twelve,
0: and you've basically just gravitated back at that point, basically. Yeah, I
2: mean, this is this is where I was raised. These are the people that raised me, and now me and my wife are raising our two children there. It's, an, you know, I'm I know I'm biased, but uh, it's the just great communities, great schools, uh, just uh, a community that really cares about each other. You know, I always say that Council District Twelve were kind of like the last slice of Mayberry, you know, in in the city of Los Angeles where. You know, you, you get involved and, you know, there's a big pro-law enforcement, which is what I've always been. You know, I love that the fact that my my division is has the most, you know, community volunteers than any other division in the city of Los Angeles. These are people who care about where they, you know, where they live. And so I was, uh you know, just I'm just so honored to be able to represent the area and, and the people who uh, raised me.
0: So what made you run for city council? I mean, was it something where... You know, because you got to basically devote your life to it. As in, like, you drop everything, and obviously, it's time taken away from your family as well. Sure. Especially in the city of Los Angeles. I mean, you're talking about a huge, huge, huge city. Yeah,
2: you're talking about being one of 15 people in the second largest uh, city in, in the country and the most powerful nation in the world. Um, you know, uh, I heard that the former council member was stepping down from his office and all of a sudden just a flood of calls came into me like people inside city hall people in the community you know uh, people friends and family and you know i hemmed and hawed and you know am i going to do this because you're right it's a huge commitment it's a huge commitment not only for yourself but for your family as well and uh, my wife walked by me at some point and just said just just finally admit you're going to do it. So just get it over with and make the announcement. And so I, you know, made the announcement. I threw my hat in the ring, and there were like 15 different candidates. I made it to the top two, and then uh, was able to be victorious, you know, at the at the general election, and then reelected soon after, uh, you know, to, for the actual first term because I was just filling in for yeah, the, yeah. The, the the end of the. Previous councilman's last term.
0: How many votes do you need in the city of Los Angeles? Because in the city of Glendale and Burbank, obviously being a smaller city compared to LA, you don't need that many votes. But in LA, I mean, well, in Council District Twelve,
2: I had to get around thirty-three thousand votes of people to get elected. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a, you know, when you think about that number, you know, I, like I said, I've been in this for a long time. You start it starts playing. With your mind, right? You start going through the shopping center and you're just like, I look at my wife off and I'm like, so that guy, that guy right there, he's going to vote for me? You know, like yeah. driving on the freeway on the 118 when I'm looking right and left, I'm like, these homes? You know, like it's just a, such a huge, huge undertaking. And, you know, it, it gets, you know, it gets in your mind a little about just, you know, how big it is and, and trying to figure out how am I going to get my message across to these people so that when they do enter that booth, um, You know, that they select my name and that, uh, you know, they think I'm the better person for the job.
0: And what was the ca- what was the campaign message? I mean, how did you get, you know, people riled up to actually come in and say, you know what, John's got my vote?
2: Well, I think that, uh, like I said before, you know, living in that district for, you know, the majority of my life, you know, for 43 years, I wasn't someone that was new to the area. I knew the different things, the different issues that are, you know, involved in my district. So that was a big thing. But also, you know, my my focus on public safety has always been the same. You know, I, I always say that you, know, you can't have good communities without having safe communities first. And I think that message was, you know, heard by them. Uh, but I think the tipping point was, I mean, the sort of thing that put it in my, in my favor was that I am from the district. You know, this is my home. This is not something that, I you know, just... You know, decided. Oh, you know, uh, you know, I'll move into this area, or you know, I I happen to live in this area. You know, for the last couple of years, I'll, you know, I'll give it a shot. This was this is where I played little league. You know, this is where I went to elementary school, junior high, high school, Cal State Northridge, all in my district, and so I was invested in it. And I I think people saw that. But mm-hmm. were
1: you in the public eye? I know you said you worked for sure. Like I mean, essentially for the government. Yeah, you, uh,
2: I, I was I was in I was in um, different. Uh, government offices and you know you're of course you're all obviously seen and uh i think that the community some community groups you know definitely knew who i was but i was always working in the background and whatever level whether it's from field deputy to chief of staff uh, you know your your job is to try to get your you know person you work for get their message out and the focus is never on you but i think they i think they you know a lot of groups knew me already and so that was obviously very helpful yeah. what what was it about aside from you being a local kid you grew up in in the district but what was it about you that you think pushed you over your opponent uh, again um I, I i don't think that the um well i can't say you know the message her her message didn't resonate i mean you know this is you know uh you know i like i said i took 33,000 votes i won by 801 votes i i really think that people who i would talk to during the campaign really you know liked the fact that they felt i cared about this community which i do i mean this is you know this is more than just uh you know my name you know up there uh on some marquee. This is, this is a community that I love. It's a community I care about. And I think that, you know, really was a difference maker. Mm.
0: Well, a lot has been happening in obviously the community and, you know, we can jump into multiple topics. I mean, one of the first ones would probably be, you know, uh, the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you were a council member during the pandemic. So 2020 comes around March, everything gets locked down. Um, a lot of businesses were affected. Restaurants were shut down. Um, gyms were closed down. Business, Small businesses non-essential. were Non-essential. Yeah, yeah, non-essential businesses were shut down. Um, it, it was to the point where everybody was kind of in panic mode as far as like an uncertain future. We didn't know where we were headed, when it would end. I mean, we started off with, you know, it, and it's become a joke at this point. It was two weeks to flatten yeah. the curve. <laughs> two, two or three weeks. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, you know, Armand says it. He goes... Uh, <laughs> You know the first, the hardest part of the first two weeks is the first two years. So, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, lo, it, major, major things happened, and then you know, unemployment came in. Now, Los Angeles was one of the districts and or one of the cities that basically stopped uh, the whole um, rental payments to the landlords. Mm-hmm. Now, what was going on there? How how was stuff like that voted upon in the city council? Was it like, okay, you know what? for X amount of time, we're not going to be collecting, or tenants don't have to pay the landlords, or was, you know, how how does stuff like that, you know?
2: Sure, uh, you know, first of all, I was elected for my real, the start of my uh, actual real first term in March of 2020. I won the election and I turned around and next thing you know, pandemic. they're telling me, oh yeah, it's just a couple of weeks, we're going to lock down. Uh, you know, my almost my entire time in office has been under under this, uh, umbrella of COVID. And it's, you know, really been unfortunate because it's taken part, um, taken away the thing I enjoy most about my job and that's working with my community directly. Uh, but you know, when this first started, we really didn't know, right. Um, we had seniors locking themselves in their homes and we had to figure out ways to get their medication, get them, get them food. And we didn't know how deadly is this, you know, what, you know, we heard stories from different parts of the world, but we just didn't know how it was going to affect us. So, you know, a lot of restaurants started closing down, Started people started losing their jobs. And, you know, we wanted to make sure that we didn't create a situation where we were creating a bigger problem, uh, which I'm sure is a discussion we're going to talk about later in the homelessness issue that is around the city. And so we did do some rent relief protections. Um, my thing though is that when the government checks started coming in and people on unemployment i think the number is roughly if you made less than seventy thousand dollars um you know you were making more yeah. on unemployment you know i felt at that point we should you know if we're, if they're going to receive this money you know they should either have to show how they you know that they were even affected by covid and if they were but if they're receiving that check that you know, they should be paying the rents. I mean, you know, landlords now, they their mortgages are real. They're not made up. And everyone likes to paint out landlords as, as you know, big evil conglomerates. I mean, these are a lot of mom and pops, you know, they own a duplex. I know I, you hear stories of, you know, people I talk to, um, the apartment associations, and the owners, you know, they're like, John, I'm going to lose my property. What about me? And so, you know, I felt that they should start paying rent and Uh, now the government is uh california government stepped in and trying to help out and i i you know i think that's a good thing because i I wanted the actual landlords to receive some sort of relief because this two-year payment plan back i mean i I think you guys remember when we were in our you know 20s and you know we (laughs) we rent out a place it's like I don't remember living any place, you know, longer than, you know, that time. Of course. And I just thought a lot of people were going to take advantage of that, and they were never going to see their money back. And so I was I was happy that they, uh, you know, the California stepped in to try to help those people. But now we've created a situation where, you know, people were making more money, on, you know, on unemployment, haven't had to pay rent. And I honestly think that's a, a you know, big part of why we're having such an employment problem right now. Yeah, it's a recipe for disaster.
0: Because yeah, I mean, there was there was mortgage relief yeah. for landlords and homeowners, but it wasn't it wasn't forgiven. Right. And there was a misconception where everybody was putting out false information, saying, "Go well if your tenant's not paying you, don't worry about it. You don't have to pay the bank either." <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you get a notice from the bank yeah. saying, "Listen, you know those two months of payments that you didn't pay? We're just gonna we're gonna back Tackle we, it we, up. We, yeah, <laughs> we're, back yeah, yeah, we're gonna yeah. put it on the back end." Yeah. So it it was kind of like a Everybody thought, oh, you know what? Government's going to save us. Uh, we'll be fine. Uh, unemployment's going to save us. We'll be fine. And then people started getting lazier and lazier and lazier. And, you know, it's it's kind of led to, you know, you, you know, you were mentioning, like why wasn't the city going back and saying, okay, you're getting unemployment. Why aren't you paying your rent? Do they have the manpower to actually go back and audit people like that, though?
2: You know, I, this is something that, you know, when, when you know, myself and maybe um one or one or two council members uh you know start discussing it's been a topic that is you know, we could never ever really kind of get legs under because people felt like you know they had their reasons of thinking that, well, John, how can you think this way? That's not, you know, we're in a we're in a global pandemic. We should be trying to help people as much as possible. I agree. We we should, you know, that's the role of government. we try to help people um but at some point we have to not pick and choose the winners and everyone needs that assistance and everyone you know so if people were receiving that government check i felt they should be paying the rent and so
0: well, i mean what is a again you know not to step on your other council members toes but i mean what's going through their mind as far as because these are facts i mean it's, it's a logical thing you know This person is getting x amount of dollars from the government, from EDD, from you know, state grants, whatever it is. They should be paying the rent. I mean, what goes through that council member's mind as far as, hey, listen, uh, you know what? Uh, Let's, let's, it's okay. Well, well, the state
1: grant? I wish I knew. I think (laughs) the state grant goes to the landlord, not to the tenant. Correct. Correct. So the the tenant doesn't get that. Well, mind you, there's there's, there's, because the landlord applies and shows that you know the tenant hasn't paid for X amount of months.
0: Well, I'm not talking about as far as the landlord grants. I'm talking about like obviously there's people that live in apartment buildings that yeah. are renters. They have businesses, small businesses, whatever right. it is, and they take right. advantage of a lot of these statewide grants that are you know, being given out left and right. I mean, money's been printed like it's been...
1: It's going out of stock. Yeah, yeah
0: it's like literally going out of stock. So again, uh, not only focusing on grants, but... Let's call it. Let's call it EDD, just for argument's sake. I mean, you're getting EDD. Pay your rent. Pay your rent. It's like, what goes through a council member's mind as far as, okay, uh, yeah, don't worry about it. Or can, can was there maybe a discussion as far as, you know, hey, let's let's audit these people. Let's audit them and have them pay the rent.
2: I I mean, honestly, I I wish I knew. I wish I knew what they were thinking because um, uh, I think it's a logical thing. You know' we're, you, you know we're either doing one or the other and trying to help people out uh, but they just didn't see it that way and really no other explanation but yeah, you know this is a pandemic that we're in and we need to you know we need to help out as much as possible and it it really our arguments kind of fell on deaf ears unfortunately and there's audits um, you know there were there were constantly things put in place that uh not only were they not receiving uh, rents, but they were going to be penalized if they didn't post certain things. If they didn't, you know, that you know, different it'd make it easier for people to fire uh, file like lawsuits against some of these landlord owners, and and that was a constant struggle for me in the last couple of years of just trying to just say hold on, like you know, th- these are you know, these aren't just imaginary, you know, big companies. These are these are real people that have you know own these apartments and um you know you have to understand it from their perspective as well and so it's a uh, you know like, you know I wish I honestly I wish I I wish I knew so
0: you guys are how many members in, in your district
2: how many members Yeah, know in members. the city in the city of Los Angeles there's 15 council 15, members
0: so 15 council members and you're a part of the 12th district so when it comes to like voting for certain things i mean what's what's the majority vote have to be
2: Uh, Eight votes, you know, you have to, you got to get, you got to count to eight, you know, to eight to to seven. And, um, you know, I've unfortunately, um, you know, found myself uh, trying to, you know, apply some common sense and trying to to make certain arguments um, to some of my colleagues. Uh, But it's, you know, it, it is that, you know, sort of that my, my, my one vote is, you know, I'm trying to explain this. It's like one of the toughest parts of my job is trying to, you know, people want me to take a stand, and they want me to be that. Even if I'm, it's a 14 to 1, if it's something that I believe in, I'm put in the position as always trying to make it better for businesses, for people. And so they love to have their unanimous votes in the city of Los Angeles. They love to have the 15 to 0 votes. And so what that's given me the ability to do is to sometimes, um, you know, try to get what I believe would help those businesses as much as possible. And, uh, you know, that's something, that's a line that I need to, you know, really sort of toe because a lot of times people, honestly, they want me to just, you know, you, you need to be that person making a statement. You know, and I'm always trying to like, look, I'm trying to get the best for you as possible. And so that's just been a, you know, constant struggle for me for the last year and a
1: half. But how can you make a difference if – the other 14 council members are always going to vote
2: the opposite. I think that, you know, with myself and maybe a few others, when we're making certain arguments against uh, certain things that I really don't understand uh, the logic behind it, is that, you know, public opinion and p- people, you know, start hearing these things and start trying to question those things. I think this next year, you're going to see, um, a real positive change in some of the people that get elected to city council and uh and we have all three citywide offices um, up for re-election um up for election and you know i think that uh are you, are you as well or no? No, 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 no. When I, is yours? Mine's 24, so don't scare me like that. Okay. Yeah, I got, I got four three years. more years. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, got, I got three more years. Well, you just got voted I, in. Yeah, so, to, to worry well, about March. it. So, yeah, March so, of 2020. So. Yeah, so I have, uh, yeah, my, my term is for four years. Four years. Yeah. So it's I really thought it was about, two years. Nope, four council's four years. Four years. Yeah, oh, three okay. four-year four terms that you can run for. But really, it's just trying to get that you know message out and trying to get our arguments heard, which I really think is sometimes, you know, the... Silent majority, uh, you know, people people have jobs, people have, you know, lives, and sometimes they can't call into council um, and express their opinion. And sometimes uh, we honestly just hear sort of one, you know, one sort of thought that, you know, from people who are calling in. And, um, you know, it's important for me to make sure that that's not the only thing that people hear is that yeah. you know, they hear another side to these things. We
1: had a great question earlier.
2: Um,
1: if if you had the power to sign in an executive order, what would that one policy be that you would put into place with a stroke
2: of a pen? I mean, you, you can't really look at any other, like, sort of issue um, right now um, without talking about homelessness. Homelessness is, uh, you know, this is unfortunately become a norm in our lives where we driving through certain parts of the city and there are people unfortunately living on our city streets um you know i would i would um i would honestly start to try to figure out ways to uh fund more mental health services more drug addiction services Uh, but the thing is is that like if we have beds available we've we've built beds here in the city of Los Angeles you know we should be able to enforce certain things try to help people get off the off the streets there is no sort of hitting rock bottom anymore where you know over and over I hear stories of people who you know they had a drug addiction and uh, I hear a story from an officer who says you know that person came up to me and said hey you saved my life you know you saved my life by you know getting me into one of these different programs Uh, but right now there, there's just you know our enforcement um, things to really try to help people in a lot of cases who don't have the ability to help themselves. I mean,
0: would you would you consider the homeless crisis right now more of a mental health issue, or would you consider it more of a unemployment sort of issue?
2: No, I think I think it's uh, I think we're having a, a huge mental illness crisis, and I, you know I say that, that not everyone who find themselves on the streets um has you know goes into it having that mental illness crisis i think that's something that you know can happen very very quickly you know if you find yourself living in a you know in a next to a freeway something that uh you know that can that can definitely you know have some detrimental effects on you the thing is is that like we need to this is a multi pronged approach like right now this isn't like, you know, it was years ago. The drugs that are coming in now, the the meth laced with fentanyl, everything, not only can it kill you, uh, but a first-time user, you know, I, I'm hearing over and over that a first-time user, that can, you know, start really, really having effects on, you know, how you, uh, your ability, you know, to do, to think, you know, uh, cognitively and uh, to to be someone that, you know, is making the right decisions. It's it's, uh, it's a crisis out there and we have to do something to stop that.
0: Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw, there was that San Diego sheriff. Um, they, they pulled over a vehicle and they were searching it and there was fentanyl in the, in the vehicle. Yeah, So, you know, they were testing it to see what it was. It was a white powder substance. They wanted to see if it was cocaine or fentanyl. Look how powerful this thing was, man. He basically, he was so close to it as far as when testing it his partner was saying, "Hey, you're too close. You're too close," and all of a sudden he steps back. His eyes roll back. He passes out. He OD'd.
2: Wow. Yeah. He OD'd. Uh, fentanyl. It's a. It's a extremely yeah. strong drug. I, I, I don't know the exact number, but they, you know, it's something like a hundred times more potent than morphine. Like it's a. It's a. It's a very very powerful drug, and it's you know being you know mixed in with other products, and people are taking yeah. them, and it's just. Well, what makes it so deadly is, is not so much the fact that
1: it's so much more potent. It's the way fentanyl patch is designed. It's, it's a patch, yeah. typically. And the patch basically is a 72-hour release, mm-hmm. right? So if it's 25 milligrams or 75 milligrams, that dosage is released within right. those 72 hours. So imagine if you scrape that or if you um, uh, somehow absorb it into something else and then well, sniff yeah, it, or, it. Yeah, he inhaled it. That's what he did. Yeah. You know, they, they have different methods of uh, taking it all at once. That's what kills you. Yeah. And, and and even, I mean, a normal person, let's say, you could put on a patch if it the dosage is high, you would probably start feeling your lungs contract, and you're like, oh, oh shit, I can't breathe anymore, because that's how... <laughs> yeah, <it's
2: all laughs> well, I mean, I you know, there, there's warnings that, you know, not to... Take you know hot baths with a with one of those transdermal yeah, yeah. patches on because it might in- increase the increase- you know the Correct. release yeah. rate of these things i mean it's it's a it's a very serious but, problem. but you really think that
1: i mean the last say what's it now we're twenty one months um the last twenty one months you still think homelessness has been a bigger issue or crisis than how people's lives have have changed due to some of these mandates and lockdowns and uh, wh- what do you think is I mean yeah homelessness was I think one of the main issues prior to March of last year but looking at it looking back the last 21, m- 21 months you still feel that homelessness is the number one
2: crisis in LA? I, 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 I do and uh, you know I, I think it's, it's it scares me that it's becoming so normalized You know, it you know when you know, years ago, if we drove off an off ramp and saw tents on, you know, the street, that would be a shocking thing to you. Uh, now it's it's almost commonplace, and that's you know that's not okay. You know, we we need to change things at, in Sacramento, right? The um, um we need to have the ability to help people who just don't have the ability to help themselves, and um, you know, it's a it's a major crisis. I, I'm in in the San Fernando Valley, I think we have one emergency, um, uh, place. I think all of you is the only one. And, you know, that, that's not only does it affect, you know, to, to try the ability to try to help people, but then, you know, when I have, when I have an officer who brings someone in who is dealing with some two issues, you know, they have to stay on site. So then now i lose an officer who's you know three or four hours sitting in a hospital because the hospital is not uh you know equipped to handle the situation we need we need to pay a bigger focus on that and that is something that you know we we need to keep keep trying to urge sacramento you know unfortunately the city of los angeles we don't have a health department in the city. We rely on the county, and the county then, you know, receives funding from the state. And uh, Where does the state funding. get funding from? Well, from you,
1: <laughs> from, <laughs> from us, yeah, taxpayers, I'm taxpayers. But, 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 I mean, let's be frank. Does the government want to resolve this issue? You really don't think they have the power or know how or to 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 resolve this issue? Say over the next three to five years, if they wanted to.
2: You know, I think that. Um, you know i think if a couple of years ago and you asked me and said to me that well you know some different organizations john are they really trying to end this problem i would have said of course i mean this is their this is their mission but the way that i've seen it in these last uh this you know short time that i've been in office i'm starting to question that that you know do some of these organizations really truly want To solve this issue Um, as far as government goes yes I yeah I I do believe you know I believe that you know we that we want to that this is something that you know we're in office this affects everything this affects tourism dollars this affects you know we have the Olympics coming I mean this is this is how people now view LA I mean imagine you know if you had someone coming to our city for the first time what their sort of outlook, and when they go home to wherever they is that where, wherever they live, that is their impression of this city. So yeah, I think that government, um, I know that government, you know, wants to solve this issue, but there, like I said, there's a lot of different uh, things involved with it, and it's it's a you know it's a it's a very big tough issue. But I think that the city of Los Angeles, I think we need to take a step back and say okay, the way we've been dealing with this issue, maybe, you know, it's not... You know, have you seen a change? Well, I was <laughs> going to ask, haven't. can you show me one <coughs> one step
1: that's been taken, one policy, one idea, one program that's been put in place that's actually shown that one step towards progress for, for this issue? I, well, I don't know of any. Mm-hmm. You um, don't, do you? No. Well, I mean,
0: I haven't seen anything. And the biggest concern is you know district three and other districts are starting the no camping zone as far as for the homeless crisis um what will happen is basically you know those people that are being kind of shooed away from those districts my biggest concern is especially for a lot of my clientele is them moving into the 12th district which is you know your district porter ranch uh granada hills and that area has thrived it's thrived you have you know successful people, lawyers, doctors, entrepreneurs, moving into those areas, cleaning out the houses, cleaning up the areas, and now with all this hard work that's been put in to clean up that area, and obviously the housing market there has skyrocketed. Now imagine, right off of Rinaldi, you got people coming in from other districts and camping out there. That's a huge concern, and I think it'll affect the housing market, and it'll affect the economy there as well. I mean, I've had I've had clients who have said, they live near parks, and they've said, I need to get out of here. I need to get out of here. And I, I said, you know, what's the reason why? He goes, you know, we bought this home originally because, you know, it was a family-oriented area. The parks are nearby. The kids could go there, play basketball, play soccer, baseball, whatever it is. He's like, now you had, you, they, well, they had RVs. They got rid of the RVs. But he goes, there's tents pitched pinch, up everywhere. There's guys sitting, sleeping on the sidewalks. And he's like, "The city council's not doing anything about it. He goes, "I just want to sell this and and leave and you know wh- why should that happen to us an area where you know it was it was thriving, families were moving in, everybody's now like panicking to get the hell out.
2: yeah, I mean, why should it happen honestly anywhere in the city that um you know we're uh, you know we need to start approaching this in a different way I mean the way that 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 we're we're looking at it." is uh, just from uh, you know uh, you know we hear this you know housing housing first model that there are people and I think that the people who have been in this sort of homelessness space uh, for more than you know the, the you know last couple of years people who've been in it and dedicated their lives they will tell you people who are dealing with mental illness giving them their own room is not, not Not exactly the the right decision, you know. Some of these congregate living situations that uh, we've shied away from on the city council is actually sometimes a better model to help people. And you know, the argument that oh, these congregate living, you know, you know, situations, you're just packing them in, and your, um, you know, there's crime there. People are, you know, people are being, you know, things are being stolen. And my argument is always like so it's safer on the streets i mean that's just an argument that it, i again i can't i i can't even begin to try to understand when that argument is made you know we you know as a city we need to say that like you know if we don't make progress on this because the city of los angeles they've agreed to tax themselves on trying to help this issue if we lose that trust, we're never going to get a penny out of people in the future. Uh, you know, we've just spent one point one billion dollars and homelessness has gone up sixteen percent. You know, that's you know, that that shows us that the way we are approaching it is failing and we need to approach it a different way.
0: But I mean see what's what's the solution to something like that? Like I said, District three and other districts are basically stopping the whole encampment issue. You well, can't camp outside. They're,
1: they're just pushing their problem onto somebody else. See, that's the, that's the thing. That's it's not like a how solution. do you,
0: exactly? It's like okay, we're the city of Los Angeles. It's a fairly large city. If one district is basically saying, "Well, you can't camp out here anymore," and what are these guys going to do? They're going like, "Okay, if I can't camp out here, I'm going to go here." Right. It's like, why are people, or why is the city council or the city itself? you know just kind of brushing the problem under the rug and kind of looking at it as well you know what let's let john and his district deal with it now
2: no what the thing that you're talking about is the same thing that i think um well the i like to think the, the majority of council members are doing right now is trying to protect areas around you know schools areas uh, around parks um so it's not just a council district 3 thing that's happening that actually is something that uh, you know, Councilman Buscaino and myself, we introduced because we felt that some of the the topics that were introduced in a motion for uh, allowing, uh, you know, trying to you know, help people get off the streets was just stuck in committee, and there was no plans to being heard where we, you know, uh, Councilman Buscaino and I invoked a, a rarely used uh, rule uh, to force it out of committee and onto the council floor, and everyone had to vote up or down regarding trying to protect our sense of use areas, business entrances, you know, uh, driveways, parks, uh, schools, and that passed. So the, what you're talking about is is actually happening throughout the city of Los Angeles But you're right. In a lot of these instances, we are just pushing the problem, not to another area, just down the street. And, you know, we need other, you know, ways to try to help these people. Because right now, the only thing, tool that I I feel we have sometimes is repetition. Hoping that someone accepts those services that they didn't accept yesterday. And, you know, there are people on the streets where we've had mental evaluation units go out and, and, you know, two, three times a week. But the second they say, no, thank you, or, you know, go away. Because I,
1: I can't imagine all these years that nobody's come to the city or to the state, to the county, and presented a solution. If you said nobody has, I, I I'd find that hard to believe. No, I, I think there are a lot of
2: people who have different ideas of you know how we can try to you know address this issue. Just unfortunately, this is a multi pronged issue that is not just a simple solution of just you know some idea of like oh well let's you know let's you know just, let's just ship them away or something like that. Well, no, I mean, no, no not shipping not away. Like that. For example, you
1: mentioned congregate facilities, right? How is that gonna work for homeless people? Because I'm familiar with congregate living for rehab or post-acute care, right? And mm-hmm. and terminally ill and seniors and all that, but as far as for homeless, uh, the homeless population, which typically majority of them do have a mental illness, how would a congregate living work for them?
2: Well, I think it allows um, us as a city to, when we're opening up these places, you know um, to follow the same model that we we have here in council district 12 about opening uh, places that it has to have that mental health component it has to have that drug addiction component it's not it, it it I can't say that 100% of the people are going to accept those you know types of services but I think that it's a step in the right direction to try to help these people you know move on and and get and get better
1: See, when I say I think somebody must have presented a solution, there's there's people who have been involved in mental health for decades, and and then there's innovators out there, and I'm not even talking at the level of let's say the Elon Musk's of the world. Even somebody less less famous, less successful. That that's why I I just think for for example I- if. Me being in healthcare, if I spent the next six months trying to find the right group of people to come come up with a PowerPoint presentation with statistics, everything that can show exactly what the solution is, I'm 100% certain if we go to the county or to the state and we present it, they'll shut it down 100%. because. I again, I go back to the same. They don't want to sol- solve this problem because they make way too much money off of this problem and every other problem that uh, I, that and, exists. And I, and
0: I want to piggyback on that because it's not only they don't want to solve the problem; it's more of like the other the other party as far as the homeless don't want to be helped.
1: No, the, of course for, they. Well, they don't know any better. Well, Those you, guys you can't you can't have for, any accountability. No,
0: no, no. For uh, them it's kind of like, you know what? Leave me alone. I, d- I don't want I don't want you to talk to me. I don't want you to do it. Let me let me just sleep here. Let me just camp out here. I could do whatever I want and I know my rights. And that's what it's become yeah. where you re- you reached out to some of these people and you say, "Hey, listen,
1: you know, get out of the neighborhood." They go, "I know my rights." Well, see, they I don't think it's any more different than dealing with a elderly patient who has end-stage Alzheimer's dementia okay because the when you see their actions and what they're trying to do um, you can't hold them accountable and responsible for their actions because they no longer function as a normal human being their brain doesn't process issues and ideas and thoughts the way we normal people do so you can't blame them for their actions you have to find a solution and mm. as far as to put them through some type of an ecosystem where they they get cleaned up. They do have therapy or rehab, whatever it takes to, to be able to put them back into real. Otherwise, just build, you can build a facility and house 20,000 homeless people there. They'll just turn it into shit as if they're living on the street.
0: And You know what's funny? That a majority of those facilities, when you see them, the people that are actually going to those facilities and trying to actually get shelter don't have that mental health or drug issue. They're actually, like, really, they're unemployed. They they are physically homeless. Yeah. And it's just they're trying to get back on their feet, and, like, mentally and psychologically, they're they're all there. The ones that are, like, underneath the bridges, out of the streets, uh, those are the ones that are the biggest issue. Like, let me ask you this, John. I mean, does the city have a budget for the homeless crisis that's going on right now? Have they raised it? Have they lowered it? Is there any sort of monetary like uh, like savings that the city of los angeles has that's trying to clean up the homeless issue
2: you know i'm um, i know we're disagreeing here because i do honestly see the actions of you know our not only our body but the governments uh that truly want to solve this issue um but you brought up a good point of, like, you know, those families that you know find themselves those true, you know, one paycheck away, right? That they, they found themselves on the streets because they lost a job, but they lost their place of, you know, uh, uh, where they live. Uh, those are the people that we need to get to, and this is part of what we need to change. Those those are the people that we need to try to help immediately before they get to become the chronically homeless. And right now, I think the focus is really on focusing on trying to get the people who are, um, you know, living on the streets longest and trying things. think that I, I've argued that we need to get to people as soon as that. And, and then that leads into a number of different issues about, you know, a, a, you know, you know, a, affordable, like um, housing, yeah, ho- affordable housing uh, types of things. The city needs to look at itself and also, you know, take a a look at itself and say, you know, what, what fees, what different things are we charging someone? Because when I talk to people trying to build more uh, living spaces, they, they're telling me, well, John, the only thing I can build that pencils out is luxury type of housing because, you know, I'm paying $40,000 per door before I put a shovel in the ground. You know that you know what you know what am i supposed to do you know if i'm trying to accomplish this you know they need that our help and i think the city needs to look at the different things that we of how we approach things and also the, the, there's a number of things that, of, of if you've ever built something here in the city of los angeles you've heard the expression time is money you know, they've, you know they, they say, oh, I can go to Arizona. I can get a property entitled in, you know, three months. And here in the city of Los Angeles, it's going to take me, you know, two years. That's, that's a problem. That's a problem. And that, you know, creates even more expensive living and higher costs. And, you know, that's an issue that leads to, you know, having more people. We need to build housing really at every level. Middle-class housing, you know, low-income housing. But you think it's... A, see, that's the thing. I I, I don't think it's a housing
1: issue. Again, it's a, it's a political issue. Because I remember, I think it was last year, there was a program where they were going to build out these tents for the homeless, which they did in L.A. You know how much each tent was costing a month? Over $2,000. You tell me in what... I mean, what type of math formula who who the hell is doing the numbers here where it costs $2,000 a month just for a tent for a homeless e- each individual or when they 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 were going to build out a uh a, 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 I think it was again some type of large housing facility. You know how much it was costing per unit?
2: Uh, you know, um I think I've heard of the same frustration. Some people saying like, "John, why is it costing six hundred thousand dollars?" Seven hundred eighty-six thousand dollars. Yeah. You know, you know, why? Why is it <laughs> that I, I can build a you know, a, well, a well, nice
1: but, house I can build an ADU for. See, that's the issue I have. How does somebody look at these numbers and say, "Yeah, I think these guys are truly trying to solve this problem." They're not. They're just trying to put more money into their pockets. And you, I mean, I don't even think the. Uh, the seven-star hotel in Dubai was built on seven hundred eighty-six thousand dollars per unit. I mean, that's that's bullshit. Yeah,
0: and you see, the, a lot of the times, what they'll say is their excuses. Well, land is expensive here; cost of living is expensive <laughs> here. L.A. <laughs> County is a huge area. There's a lot of rural areas in L.A. I mean, I mean, call me call me an asshole, call me a prick, but I would say build something outside of the city headquarters, somewhere in a rural area, and build. A a homeless encampment, something where, you know, it'll help them kind of live there, supervised, and it'll be cheaper because it's further away from, you know, main city Los Angeles, and literally move them out there, just like they've been shipped here. Move them out. We don't have
1: space in Palmdale. We don't have space in Barstow, Apple Valley, or some other parts of Northern California that you can buy land for you know pennies on the dollar compared to it doesn't have to be on rodeo drive no i
2: I understand the frustrations of the cost of it and and that's exactly what i'm saying is that i think the city needs to look at itself and say how we've been approaching this is not helping and if we keep working on the same model we are not going to make a dent in what we are seeing on our streets and it's you know and that's part of why you know i was elected to do is to try to be that other voice to you know bring that to the table to make sure that the same old thing just doesn't happen over and over and over again
0: because cause you look at like the where the beaches are santa monica and well long beach has been cleaned up big time but santa monica and venice as well <clears throat> i mean you you look at what's going on there the the tents everywhere and then you know they're they're near parks they're near governmental buildings, they're near downtown. And you just you just look at it, you go, I mean how is this okay? How is you know, how are council members or how are city workers going to work seeing this and saying, No, this, this is fine. Yeah, I mean this uh, is bothering it's me. It's not okay.
2: It's it's <laughs> absolutely not okay. It's it's something that um you know, I, I hope that, you know, my colleagues and, uh, you know, in the short time that I've been dealing with them yeah. uh, also have that same feeling that what is happening on our streets is not okay. And I, but I, I just don't understand sometimes the approach, the approach to it yeah. is something that's very frustrating.
0: And, and I could yeah. see your heart's in the right place. I know you want this as priority because when he mentioned, you know, an executive order, you mentioned homelessness. Mm-hmm. And I know I know your heart's in the right place you want that done but with the other fourteen council members you know where's their mindset right now as far as you know them seeing this priority wise are, are they trying to make a move as far as making this work or are they still kind of playing the blame game
2: well I think that um you know you can see the 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 actions I don't need to be the one to tell you that uh, you know we continue doing the same thing I think that like i said at the beginning we have an opportunity in in next year to elect three new citywide um a mayor a controller city attorney and half of the city council uh to be you know to be elected and i think that you're going to hear a lot of that frustration and i think that's why you've already started hearing it in certain areas, uh, like you said, in the beach communities of people saying, like, this is not okay. This is, you know, there has to be some sort of balance. There has to be a balance between the rights of the unhoused and the rights of the housed and businesses out there. But it's just all been about, you know, this, this approach of, well, you know what, we can't force them to, to do things. We need to be, you know, we need these conservancy laws, like, we we need to be able to try to help people who cannot help themselves. And that's what I believe is something that... I think they know, should
0: have them camp out in front of some of these council members' houses. I think that'll change it right uh, in their neighborhood.
1: Well, we have well, now the fifth largest economy in the world as, a, yes. as a, the state of California. And we, can't, we, we really can't fix this problem. I'm telling you, you give... You know, a smart business owner, six months to fix this problem in three to five years. But th- the problem, again, I, I I can't think of one good thing the government has done for the people. That's why, to me, I it's like I don't want to sound as pessimistic as I do, but I have no hope that anything's going to ever change. As long as it, it's not an underfunding. It's not that we don't have enough funds. It's not that we don't have the programs it's all a matter of it doesn't benefit because just like the government is very similar to medicine, they want they want their people always in. Doctors want their patients in a chronic state. The government wants its citizens in a chronic state, always reliant on the government. The doctor wants the patient reliant on the doctor, because if you don't go to your doctor, they don't get paid. If you don't go to your government, I mean, I mean, just look at you. You're talking about. These families who are one paycheck away from being homeless, right? When you got all these millions of schmucks in the state of California who are collecting EDD, and all they need to do is go on, you know, Indeed or Career Builder and click on apply for a job, and that validates them and it justifies to the state of California that they should continue to collect unemployment. How is that family that's one paycheck away from homelessness supposed to? get in that line of millions of people and be assured that they're going to have a paycheck next week or next two weeks to pay their rent. No, I, see, I, there's I, no, there's no accountability for anything, man. It's like, yeah. it's, it's, it's a shit show. There's no accountability. And I, that's why I don't. And I, <laughs> I mean, my frustration is, is obviously evident because I don't see anything changing for the better. All I see things changing is for the worse. I can't. I can't think of one thing that's changed for the better, that the government's been involved in. It's just everything the government
2: touches goes to shit. Well, you know we, you know we need to, and I keep going back to this. Like I don't. I don't really see the the angle you're saying of like how people in government, you know, would want this to continue. Um, I think there are definitely. I to- completely agree with you. There are people in the that sort of space that I feel um i don't know what their objective is and it's made me question a lot of things but as far as you know the you know g- government i mean this only benefits us to try to you know fix and solve this issue and that's where my frustration comes in because i people just keep wanting to do the same thing over and over again the
1: state doesn't get funding from from the feds as far as the more numbers of homeless we have
2: don't they have the state you know the st- you know the state is said, um, you know, loves to say that they, they've backed up the bring truck to us, and you know they're unloading money. Well, um, a lot of that money is not as easily accessible for us. Um, there are different conditions tied to certain things. We need to be able to, you know, I would love the if that am- amount of money that they've said that they, you know, committing to us to, to try to help this issue here in the city of los angeles if they it was just a you know a check that we could cash and we could try to help out but uh unfortunately that you know that's just not the case no no my question was doesn't the state
1: of california and every other state get federal funding based on
2: the size of the crisis i don't, I don't know i don't know what I don't know specifically the amount of federal funding that comes into the state but I kn- I know that the state has allocated funds to try to help this issue. The unfortunate thing is just our ability to access those funds.
0: See that's why I was asking, you know, I was like is there a certain budget or some fu- sort of funds that are kind of funneled in from the state or from the federal government? To the city, as far as to take care of the homeless crisis, is there any anything monetary that are that's coming in from the state to
2: yeah, LA? City? Yeah, I mean, not only not only from the state, but the um, different um, things that uh, people here in the city really chose to tax themselves on trying to solve this issue. So we get money from people here in the city. We get people, money from uh, in the state. Um, it's and I'm just sure there's not volunteers as
0: well, and I'm sure there's volunteers as well. Volunteers. As far as trying to help out the situation, as far as homeless shelters, uh, yeah,
2: they're, they're absolutely. They're, uh, but um, there are, you know, again, I just don't think that the money is being used and spent wisely. We need to we need to focus on the mental health issue because that's that's a growing issue. That if we don't start to tackle, uh, it's just going to continue growing. Yeah, that, you
1: know, twenty million dollar mental health facility would cost the government.
2: 850
1: billion dollars to build that's the, that's the fucking problem and I'm, I'm not trying to be cute i'm serious that that's the problem that it's <laughs> I mean, no you uh, look, look
0: at look at it this way i mean you have all these high-rises being built everywhere uh, and and it's it's funny uh, even in the city of glendale they were building all these high-rises all these luxury buildings and then they realized they're like holy shit our dump is being uh there's an overcapacity of trash
1: being who's building those hedge fund guys or
0: well I don't know who's building it but you know I think it's hedge fund guys whoever it is but no no one's pointing your fingers but they they realize they're like holy crap you know the dump is being full there's not enough room for trash that's being dumped in there so it's like you morons didn't realize that you're building like thousands of thousands of units and thousands of thousands of pounds of trash is going to be is going to be coming in generated generated You don't know where to dump it now. And now our our trash bill just went up times three. So now the city's like, uh, well, we're trying to figure out another distributor for for trash. And it's like you always have to think 10 steps ahead. But I feel like we're going completely backwards at this point. Like you were mentioning, all these luxury condos are being built, right? Why don't they just go build a homeless shelter or a mental health facility?
1: I mean, it'll create jobs. It's not sexy enough. Doesn't have the luxury pool VIP suite, the barbecue lounge. Doesn't have any of those things. Well,
0: that's a pro- that's a big it's, problem then. I, mean, I, I I don't know, man. I mean, I I feel like if let's say for let's say it is a mental health issue, it is a drug abuse uh, issue. Building a facility like that, not only will it create jobs for the construction workers, but when that construction is done, now you need staff. Okay. It's creating. It's creating more. See See that. It's. Oh man. No. It's a never-ending issue now. It's, it's, it's a, a never-ending issue. Then,
1: Be, of course, it is, and it's and it's all artificially created. That's what I'm. I mean, John obviously doesn't think so. He he thinks the government's done a whole lot of good for us. But I don't know how many drinks he's had tonight. But. Um, not you, John. Lee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it's another John. Sorry, John. K- John K. John K. Yeah, not John Lee. <laughs> so th- that's that's why I just I don't know, I don't have much faith as far as because uh, I, I I I've worked with mental facilities. I see how effective they are. Another water. You know. Another water. Um, but but part of the problem with some of these facilities is they they in itself turn into kind of like a drug ring. You know, they start distributing within the facility and then you you know kind of turns into like a prison system where you've got the head honchos within the facility they're the ones distributing drugs now and you know uh, it it just because there's no accountability for anything you know if for example even for the edd I, i mentioned that right what does it take for you to be on that program is there any type of drug test for you to collect edd is there any type of accountability do um, you need to actually show you've attended an interview and you've been declined that job?
2: Is there anything? Yeah, I, you know that's you know being a state issue. I mean, there are a lot of different stories that we've unfortunately heard this last year of programs not being able to um, process the uh, the amount of different applications and trying to figure out like uh, and hearing stories that well they just then accepted everyone of course you know, i mean this is you know this is you know that's this is this is real money you know and this state this country um we can't just keep you know printing more and more money and i think we're seeing some of the effects of that right now and uh you know that that whole state issue you know was uh Yeah, something that was a big problem. The
0: the funny thing is, it's like we're we're realizing we're realizing the fuck up, but nobody wants to like say, okay, stop. Like we're realizing that Joe Schmo is getting unemployment, and Joe Schmo is not a real person. Yet it's like we don't have the manpower to stop this
1: because there's no consensus among. I mean, you know, you've got the two party system fighting against each other first. First of all, right. And we've discussed this on almost every episode as far as what's going on in government nationally. Uh, so there, from what I'm hearing, even locally with city council members, out of the 15 of you, there doesn't seem to be any type of consensus. You're saying maybe two or three others are on board
2: as far as really finding a solution. The rest are... No, I'm saying two or three kind of uh, are along the same lines of thinking as me. Um which I, it seems like you want to find a solution. That's why. Absolutely, I, yeah. yeah. no. So no, 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 no. the others, the yeah.
1: 12, are not looking for the solution. They're looking I for. I think they're just looking at it the
2: wrong way. We
0: should bring them on the podcast. <laughs> Grill them here, man. I don't, like, I don't know, like, know if they come. Man. Yeah, because I know his heart His heart is in the right place. He wants to get this fixed. It's just a matter of the the votes don't. Equal, you know, the right direction.
2: But I'm hopeful for this next year. I'm hopeful that we're going to get a different voice. I'm hopeful you start. You you've seen it. Um, you started seeing the pendulum sort of swing uh, the other way when um, in leaders talking about uh, addressing crime issues, uh, much different than what they they were saying a year ago. Uh, you have people, you know, coming in with the, the frustration of, of their communities. And saying like enough's enough, we have to we have to elect people who are going to address this in a new way and not just the same way.
0: Well, you know the ho- the homeless crisis will, uh, will we're hoping it'll kind of
2: fix on fi- its own. Not fix on <laughs> its own. It'll be actually
0: it'll be actually tackled as a priority because, like I said, uh, you know the the last thing I want is for them to head to an area where it's you know, it's, it's cleaned up nicely and, you know, there's families living there and there's successful people and they've cleaned up that area beautifully, which again, I'm kind of piggy, you know, going back to district 12, but, um, another thing Los Angeles has been kind of, uh, mandating is this whole mass mandate and obviously vaccine mandate. Um, eating indoors, you have to be vaccinated in order to enter the facility Uh, You have to wear a mask in order to enter the facility. But then when you sit down to have your dinner, you know, you can be two feet away from, you know, Joe Schmo, who's, you know, uh, also not wearing a mask and it's totally fine. I mean, are we going to continue to push this uh, mandatory vaccine as far as um, for indoor eating, for gyms, for any sort of activity, concerts, all that stuff. I mean, when is this going to kind of die down, or is it something where this is our lives from now on?
2: You know, um, you know, I've, I was, you know, uh, on the council. I'm, I'm trying to think back of if I was the. Um, only one to, to vote against the, the citywide mandate for businesses because I felt that businesses, you know, it just had unintended consequences, you know, especially for my community where we have Siem Valley right, you know, right, right down the the freeway, and people being frustrated with it and people being vaccinated, you know, I I I don't think I, I'm sure you guys have read, uh, you know, I I chose to be vaccinated, uh, other people haven't. But these businesses should not be placed in the situation that we've placed them in to be that person that, you know, they can't even hire, you know, waiters and and different positions in there, you know, for the restaurant. Now they're supposed to hire a a new position and all of a sudden they're supposed to be the ones that are policing this thing. And also uh, the city, whenever we pass an ordinance and we don't have the ability to enforce that, that's just, you know. That, that makes absolutely no sense, but this is, should not be put on the backs of businesses. This is not something that I felt that, you know, should be something that passed here in the city of Los Angeles. And, uh, so then you agree there should be a mandate
1: of vaccines. It's just that the small business owners shouldn't be the one that are doing the due diligence.
2: No, I, I, I think that, like I said, you know, that's my choice. My yeah. choice was to be vaccinated. You know, my... Um, you know, I have I have friends that have made that choice. That's you know their choice for their for their families. Uh, but uh, but you know, but why? What, see, the the problem that I have. Obviously, I'm a, speaking as a healthcare
1: administrator. Why should that even be public knowledge? Isn't that the number one violation of HIPAA? Is hey guys, I'm vaccinated or I'm not? How is that in anybody's business? Whether you're or uh, not. Again, I, I don't I don't
2: want to I don't want to. Um, Talk about like you know what my colleagues are 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 thinking and as far as things. For me, it's a personal choice. It's a personal choice that you know people have made for themselves. And you know, for us, you know, you know, people make the argument, and you know, we've had uh, different things that we've vaccinated for many years. Different things, and that they are good. I'm not arguing against that. I just think that right now with this for this issue a lot of people it's not going to change their minds and it's not going to change their minds and you know it, whether it's through different you know education or things but again it's a, I think it's a personal choice issue. Of course it's pretty, yeah, I'm not I'm not, I don't want to change anybody's mind, but for example, when you
1: let's say did you ever get the flu shot before? Yeah. Did you publicize it? That no. I got the flu shot. So why publicize this vaccine? Like I agree, I agree with you that we're not supposed to. We you know, we shouldn't be checking. It's like
2: cards at the door. Well, you know, forget about cards. But,
1: the fact that you—I don't know if you've shared it on your web page or where. Uh, I mean, uh, or on your uh, social
2: media. That's private health information, PHI, right? And and again, well, that <laughs> that was my decision to be you know to to share that information of trying to. Um, Spread show, well, right? no. Show show the argument that look, I've made that choice, but I still don't think that the mandates are right. I don't no. think I don't think that we um, that uh, my some of my colleagues understand the unintended consequences of when we you know pass something like because, that.
0: Because I mean, looking back at it, all these businesses, restaurants especially, uh, indoor dining's, concerts, all these all these businesses were affected by the pandemic. And then now you're saying, okay, you know what? It's okay to eat inside, but only to a limited number of people. You have to be, in order for you to actually eat inside, you have to be vaccinated. It's like you're hurting the business even more because now, uh, again, it's not more of a uh, pandemic issue because now people are looking back at this and they're saying, well... um, If they didn't force me to get the vaccine, I would have gotten it, but the fact that they're forcing me to get the vaccine, there's something else going on. There's some other agenda, and now they're not doing it, and it's affecting businesses, it's affecting indoor dining. It's it's become something where it's more of become a burden than it has, you know... Give me the word. Yeah. Give me the word. I'm uh, a for solution,
2: to, a the solution <laughs> to the problem. Well, well, problem. I, I felt, uh, you know, I felt businesses could make that decision on their own. If businesses, if a business owner felt that, uh, you know, they, you know, wanted uh, their patrons to be vaccinated to enter into their restaurant, look, they have they have every right to do that. That's, but that's see, their the, business. But, but see, the business owners the say
0: that, oh, we're following CDC guidelines. Oh, we're following the city's guidelines. Oh, we're following the county's guidelines. Oh, we're following the state's guidelines. That's the excuse that they're giving,
2: well i mean if but if they if they want to use that excuse or whatever that, i mean they're they're making their choice, like I'm always against you know uh, just overreaching of government and going in and saying that um you know you have to do this, I think businesses can make that business decision you know on their own. I think that they uh that with the pandemic and how they've been hurt by this financially and how hard it has been to keep their doors open um you know is something that they have to make that choice i you know th- there there's a lot of frustrating things you know i've heard you know in the city council uh, sometimes uh, someone introduced something there where you had to have a you had to have a i think it was a vegan meal option on your menu and and, and, you know of course didn't they want that's not in and out to
1: have a a vegan option i I have
2: nothing i have nothing against you know people who have made that choice in their life but to tell a business how to run their business is something that you know we as a government should stay out of
0: see so that's the thing why isn't the city or the health department or um the county whoever it is a state even going out to businesses and saying hey listen you know you got to stop telling your employees that it's the law you have to be vaccinated in order for you to enter it it should be more of a like you mentioned a, a choice was there something passed by the city council as far as mandating a person to be vaccinated in order to enter a private business or is it something where these business owners are basically just kind of making making it up and saying Oh, it's it's the law. The, no, c- the there, city sent us a notice.
2: There are fines involved, and and uh, another big issue I have with it um, is that if you you know for a party of, of ten and someone one of your parties is not checked and you know the, the whoever is supposed to check these things, like like I said earlier, we don't have an enforcement arm for this. Uh, but if that person checked, then the business is then fined. I I just I I felt that there were a lot of different things with this that, and was the reason why I voted against it.
0: So hold on, I mean, so there is something that was passed that says LA County it, or LA City, LA City, LA City, you have to be vaccinated in order to enter a premises. So the fact that these businesses are saying it's it's the law, it's something that was passed by city council then
2: yeah i mean that the, the city the city passed that and uh i and i apologize i can't remember if i was a lone vote or if i was uh one of one of two votes I, I know it definitely was not more than more than two um that you know there were just a, a, a lot of different issues that i just don't think that they were thinking of and um you know that they, they shouldn't be making these decisions for the businesses
0: i mean i feel like okay if i'm going to have sushi with my family for dinner why do I need a QR code or why do I need a vaccine card in order to enter into a facility to ha- sit down, have a meal and leave? Why Why is that even a topic to be discussed? I mean, you want to get vaccinated? Because the
1: rest of the patrons are not safe if well, you're not vaccinated.
0: Well, uh, look at all these people getting COVID even when they're vaccinated. What difference does it make?
2: You know, when, um, you know, there are kids that you don't have to ask at a certain age i mean there's, there's there was it wasn't this like one you know if if that's what they believed this one rule that you could put in place that would just you know solve the issue you know i think i think we all kind of um you know when we're sitting at a at a, at a you know in a in a booth you know at dinner uh, with no mask and then we get up to go to the bathroom you and no i went and walked past you know the tables that i'm sitting yeah. right next to and i have to put the mask on and take it off i mean um that's pure science but, by
1: the way it's pure science i mean
0: i think i think the best one was we went to cheesecake factory to have dinner and i and she said i need you to wear a mask while you while we seat you i said the table's right there you know let us just go sit down and i'm gonna i'm literally gonna be taking the mask off as i sit down she goes no, no, no. In, in order for you to walk down the aisle, you need to wear a mask because you might spread the virus to the, the table sitting next to you. So I said, well, when I pass the table that's sitting next that I'm going to be sitting next to, I'm going to be about two feet away from them. Wouldn't that, wouldn't I be spreading the virus then? Well, I don't make up the rules, sir. I'm like, well, are you a doctor? Are you a health administrator? Well, no, I'm not. I, you know, I'm just a hostess. So I'm like, what the fuck do you know about it then? And and then and then when you see people leaving the restaurant without a mask on, I'm like, what about them? And she goes, well, I can't police everybody.
1: Look, you can't uh, technically blame her. She's she's doing that to keep her job, right? And and the problem is, what I've noticed is, when I go somewhere, I'm I'm obviously never wearing a mask. Usually, it's one of the Karens that complains before an employee approaches me and says, "Sir, can you please put on a mask?" It's never it, the last few months, especially. I don't think it's ever the employee making that approaching me based on, you know, them trying to follow the rules. It's usually somebody that complains about it.
0: Is the city planning on passing anything as far as, you know, majority of people have been vaccinated as far as removing the mask mandates?
2: Uh, You know, at this time, no. no
1: (laughs) Fantastic. Do you have any statistics as far as in the city of L.A., how many businesses have been impacted, shut down? How many have reopened? How
2: many were permanently shut down do you you have any in in the city I i don't i don't know that number but you know when this hit our our businesses and businesses were trying to decide whether to keep their doors open um you know we went out and partnered with different organizations to provide no interest loans to try to help them you know i'm sure other council members had different programs in their district you know i can't speak speak to all those different programs but uh you know it it it's a reality that small businesses were were impacted by uh by what's been going on this last year and a half and you know i think it was my job to try to figure out how best to help them you know through those things but i don't know the the citywide what that exact number is because nationally from the, from what i've read i think
1: it's 39% of small business owners that have not reopened, which is huge. So, And I think it's important to know these numbers, especially if you're going to be challenging the city or the county that, look, these mandates are, this is the damage they're causing. But again, I don't know if those numbers are going to change their position because ultimately I don't believe this has anything to do with our health. This has to do with control and Compliance and keeping this state of pandemic as long as possible because they could pass any bullshit emergency law well it's not even a law it's uh, an ordinance ordinance they want and people will not do anything about it that's why they're they're, they're gonna milk this thing as long as they can but, but you know um,
2: I know your view of, of government is uh, <laughs> is what it is and um you know, I, I, you know, I think we stated earlier. I, I, I don't necessarily agree with you with that. That uh, that somehow they're trying to, you know, keep this going. That somehow this benefits us. I mean, these these small businesses are the backbone of our economy. So why shut them down then? like that? I, no, I, I'm I'm with you. I agree with you. We need to try to do whatever we can to help these businesses. Uh, whether it's at my level uh, as a city councilman for my individual district, or on the city level as a whole of different programs, I I agree we need to be doing everything, and that's why I felt that, you know these these mandates, um, you know they just went through, uh, you know some of the toughest times uh, that they would see as a small business owner, and now just when business is coming back. You know, we were going to then put these, you know, um, make them do, uh, you know, this work or, you know, put them in a position where they know they're caught between a rock and a hard place. Right. They with social media today, they if they ask somebody for a mask and, you know, you happen to disagree with it, then, you know, you get someone angry at that. Or if you don't ask, and somebody, you know, blasts your, you know, blasts your restaurant online about like, well, they, you know, they're not following the rules, they're not doing this, they're not, you know, uh, don't eat there. You know, I saw that during, I, you know, I saw that during the pandemic, where people uh, were taking upon themselves to, you know, lash out at these different restaurants because of their own you know different political views and i just didn't feel that the restaurants should be put in that position but
0: see isn't that a seed planted by the government into the people's brains as far as okay this is what you have to do this is how you have to act this is how you have to comply if you don't you're you're against us you're against what's right you're against america you're against you're against everything it's not
1: just i mean you've got people like john Kay here i mean if you read his comments he's he's a brainwashed imbecile that's Every single one of his comments is, well, you know, you should audit the small business or you should audit this, audit that. You know, it's like.
0: <sighs> has there ever been, been discussions as far as in-city councils, you know, somebody stepping up and saying, if you want to get vaccinated, get vaccinated. If you don't want to get vaccinated, don't get vaccinated. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you don't want to wear a mask, don't wear a mask. We will not enforce it upon our people. This it's it's a total government overreach to basically tell everybody, go get vaccinated, go get vaccinated, wear a mask, wear a mask. And it's it the worst part of it is it's on TV, it's on social media, it's everywhere. You can't you can't get away from it. It's it's just constantly being shoved in our faces. I mean, when is it gonna kind of stop? Where it says, hey, listen, we are the United States of America, we are the most powerful nation in the world, and. This country was founded upon freedom, and we want to give you your freedom back. The government will not overreach. You have the right to do whatever you want to do.
1: Yeah. Wait. Don't hold your breath. No, I'm serious. <laughs> when Wait, people what? stand up to it. Uh, like I, I say, mean, how many people at public... Uh, you go to Costco, anywhere you go, how many people are actually not wearing the mask?
0: Everybody is. Majority of the people are.
1: No, majority or everyone?
0: I'd say maybe 98%, 99% of the people I are I have yet
1: it. to see all... The last six months, I've maybe come across five people in a indoor setting that weren't wearing one. Everybody else is always wearing one. And I'm talking about L.A. Outside of L.A., you know, Orange County, Palm Springs, Orange County, San uh, Diego. Anywhere else you go, it's like it's almost like nothing happened. L.A. It's you know, you, you got to wear a mask to go piss in the bathroom.
0: That's, Orange County is is as big of a county as Los Angeles County. And the cities inside Orange County, whether it's Anaheim, uh, Laguna Niguel, all those other cities, like in Los Angeles, where you have all these other cities, why is it that we're being forced by the government to act a certain way, be a certain way, get vaccinated, wear our masks, but when you leave Los Angeles and again, this is like an hour drive, two hour
2: drives out. You're asking me to to get into the minds of my colleagues of like, you know, what they, you know, why they voted a certain way or that. I mean, that's, you know, I, I I can't answer for them. I can't, I can't, I can't tell you that. Are these discussions being brought up? Yeah. Those discussions are being brought up and, and I'm trying to make the argument, uh, you know, uh, on a myriad okay. of different issues. But, you know, why they're thinking this way, why, you know, if, if you know, Orange County can do something or if uh, some other city, you know, within the um, L.A. County, the the 88 cities within L.A. County, they're not doing it. Um, you know, you're going to have to ask them but <laughs> individually. It, but the that. thing is it's important to compare and
1: compare the numbers, right? If you've got, for example, a county with, say, five million people another one with five million people one is shut down one is not you compare the impact of the shutdown versus of course right how many are actually getting the virus how many deaths how many cases how much money is the are the business owners losing what's going on with everything and all the other areas that it's impacting if i were in government that would be that's what i would present and say look This is why what we're doing doesn't make sense. Let's look at all these other cities. As a business owner, what what do big businesses do? When you go to MBA school, what are you doing? You're studying cases of other companies as far as what did they do to succeed and what did they do to fail. Yet, it seems like none of this is happening. Nobody's sitting down, breaking down the numbers to really understand why is it that in Florida or in Arizona or somewhere else, everything seems to be fine. Yet California, New York, it's it's like end of the world, you
2: know. Everybody's dying of this new variant. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, when you compare our city to other cities, I mean, we have a lot of areas that are, um, you know, closer proximity with living um, uh, situations of like. So, I mean, it, it's 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 hard to always do, you know apples to apples and and to you know say that that city's just like ours i mean we have you know our county has you know uh 10 11 million people in it um 13 our city, when sheriff villanova was uh, saying like 13 say, million
0: right or was it 10 was that? Million? that was 10. So 10. Million. Point some. Yeah.
2: it's yeah. almost 11 yeah and uh you know the city of los angeles you know with our uh roughly four million people um you know I understand what you're what you're saying, and again you're gonna have to you're gonna have to ask you know my colleagues directly you know what 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 their thinking was on that. I can only answer for myself is that you know can we get your on colleagues that? on here <laughs> I'm serious no yeah, one of them or two one of them that that's
1: ballsy enough to come and discuss r- discuss why them. they voted for the mandates and everything i we'd love to have a discussion the the the, the problem is the ones that disagree with what we're saying never want to sit down. They they just you know they take the back seat. They put in their vote,
2: and that's it. Well, I think that's been a big problem of what has happened in our country right now is that um, unfortunately, if you don't think like me, you're racist. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't think like me, then you know I have no time for you. Uh, you know, I will always um if you have just a difference of opinion of me um and you want to sit down and have a you know rational conversation about it um at the end, we may disagree, but I'm always willing to hear different opinions. Unfortunately, all we hear is a lot of screaming and yelling right now um when you're not one hundred percent with some way of thinking um, you know people lash out and and attack you. we just don't have. You know, my, my hope for this new year is that we just, um, you know, we start listening a little more, start talking to talking to each other and not, you know, stop screaming at each other. And I think that when you say, why won't they come on this, you know, then, you know, <laughs> unfortunately that's not just, you know, maybe your opinion on, uh, on why they won't come out here. I think that's a big issue of what we're, you know, dealing with, uh, you know, today in society is just that, uh, you know, if you're not on my side, if you're not on red team or blue team, then I don't want to, you know, have this discussion with you. Is is that kind of, I mean. I mean it, defa-
0: it, it, defa- it defeats the purpose of well, kind it's, of it's, it's, brainstorming it's a, it's a, and critical thinking it's a, it's together. A, yeah, and
2: it's uh, ex- extremely unfortunate that, um, you know, that uh, so many of our conversations are, you know, unfortunately not happening. Are you guys meeting in that.
0: person or via Zoom still?
2: No meeting in person.
0: So you guys are meeting in person now. Mm-hmm. And as far as discussions together, I mean, is it getting to the point where people, you know, some of your colleagues are, I, I don't want to say waking up because it's going to sound like I'm insulting the other ones because they're kind of asleep. But, I mean, are they are the other ones kind of waking up as far as what's really going on? And it's not, you know, what it's actually pictured to be by the media this whole pandemic
2: <laughs> i can't answer for them I'm like no 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 not you know, answer like, for
0: them i mean are are they kind of asking the same questions we are
2: i think there i think there are some people that uh, on that city council are starting to um you know look at it different ways i mean just this last um last week in council i believe it was last week that uh, you we took a vote to end the emergency order which, you know, has ramifications for a lot of different things, um, that, you know, you finally saw some votes, you know, trying to, you know, know, put an end to it, that, you know, we need to start moving on and we need to start, you know, sort of building back uh, to where we're at. You know, unfortunately, this new variant is going to give a lot of people another reason to just continue it, Continue it on, unfortunately. <laughs> Omnicron. What
0: was it? December, or no, November November 15th. Of for, this year? Of this year. When what, what was that date where they said that all city employees must be vaccinated or else they'll lose their job? November 15th, right? Something like that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, November 15th comes around. They say, well, now it's not November 15th anymore. It's December 5th. And then now they're pushing it again to to January. I mean, if we are in this pandemic and millions of people are dying across the world, I mean, why would you continue to extend something? Why would you not cut it to that date and say, you know what, no, this is it. No exceptions, no excuses. This is what it is. If you don't do it, you're fired. Is it because of lack of staff maybe or is it maybe because people don't want to work? And I mean, is it even ethical to fire somebody for not being not wanting to get vaccinated.
2: No, I think that um everyone when we're making these types of decisions, you have to look at again the real world ramifications. If, you know, if I I don't know what the exact number is, but if I like a certain number of, of police officers or firefighters or even, you know, street maintenance crews and sanitation, that that has a real impact on our quality of life, our issues that we deal with here in the city. And, um, you know, I'm I'm happy that they're trying to look at that uh, before we do this just wholesale, like, well, you know, no, you, you know, you have fire. Because those those things are, those numbers aren't, aren't just, uh, you know, just numbers on a paper. I mean, those are real lives. Those are people who protect uh, our our communities. Those are people who, you know, uh, clean our, our streets, people who build our streets, people who, um, you know, make sure that the lights are on. So, uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, I'm happy that, that they've, you know, been able to push that back because I think those are things that we need to discuss if how we're going to deal with those issues, if that's how they're, Going to wanna to move forward. I, I don't think I don't think those mandates are gonna fly. It'll get pushed
1: back until they kind of just shout under the rug and then people will forget it it even ever existed at one point. It's not they it's completely unconstitutional to to force somebody to to get a vac to inject something into your body so you can continue to maintain your livelihood.
0: Have there been have there been backlash as far as from employees who have been laid off, as far as on a lawsuit level, coming back and saying, "Hey, listen, you know, I'm being fired for."
2: Yeah, I mean, I can't comment on specific <laughs> any on <coughs> not, not specific lawsuits, employees, as far but as yeah, but there. I mean, I think it's been well publicized that you've had different uh, groups um, trying to challenge this, trying to challenge this in in court. I mean, d- they, w-
1: they will all win. I mean, look at majority of CEOs of airlines have come out now and said you wearing a mask in the airplane is as useful as tits on a boy. I mean, that's that's as far as that's how effective it is. Um, it's it's useless. There's absolutely no scientific evidence that says in any way that's preventing you from spreading the virus.
2: A mask? hmm. That's what you're saying? Yeah.
1: Well, look re, look at some of the uh, interviews with airline CEOs now and this is a discussion that i've had and you know they wanted their own opinion on that well i, I mean
0: well dr ontobaleon was here when the pandemic was what was it i think it was in july or june
1: the first time around yeah the first yeah. time
0: around and we discussed masks with him and the one thing he said was and and i'll never forget this and i'll and i'll, and I'll see if i could find it i'll post it on our ig page he said cloth masks don't really work. He said if you're mowing your lawn or you know if you're if you're in a sandstorm or something like that, yeah, you know, it'll protect you, but against a virus it won't. And you have all these people talking about cloth masks protect your fa- protect your face with a uh one of these uh, uh what is it? Um, the
1: surgical the N95.
0: No, 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 not the N95. Those oh, the those, bandanas? those bandanas or yeah. those face shields. It's like against a virus, really? They're saying, "Oh, but it'll it'll catch it." No, it's not going to catch it i mean if if you if you could smell somebody's fart through it i don't i, I think the virus is going to get through it as well and then you know these n ninety fives and these other masks i think it was uh Anthony who mentioned it he said you know if you were if you wear an n ninety five or if you wear a surgical mask and then you know they're they're touching it they're taking it off and they're putting it back on they're taking it off they're putting it back on i mean it it's kind of you know it's defeating the purpose of protecting yourself yeah
1: well. And and I've had this discussion with doctors on both ends, you know, because I I, I don't like to just talk to people or professionals who are agree with me and say, oh, yeah, masks are bullshit and everything is bullshit. I like to talk to both uh, uh, professionals from both ends and the response that I've gotten uh, even from and these are doctors who are vaccinated themselves, you know. Uh, yet they agree even that the mask does absolutely nothing because it 's a surgical mask. The purpose of a surgical mask is when you 're in the um, for, for o r for for your patient to be protected from something you might have you, some no, not even you might have for, the, for for you not to have any droplets into the surgical area the, that 's what it 's for It's not it 's not for the virus. If that was the case, when you have the flu, you should just walk around with a mask technically. Um, but how come that was never... I've never seen anybody walk around with a mask when they have a flu. They oh, just okay. try to stay away from people. That's I, just being responsible.
2: I, I haven't gotten the flu. I, you know, I haven't... I not say knock on wood. You know, I, I can only go by my own experience. And uh, as someone who, you know, works in an office setting and recirculated air and things like that, that... Uh, Luckily, I I've not gotten sick. Have I'm you gotten like the cold. flu? Have you gotten the flu shot yeah, though? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, no. But I mean, any kind of a cold or different yeah. things like that. If, as you know,
0: I mean, again, I we guess. a lot of people are more cautious. They are. I mean, yeah. more people are washing their hands, sure. using hand sanitizers, and you <laughs> that know, should always it, have been which there. is all the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I should have always been there. <laughs> yeah. See, a, a lot of these. See, John, the other John is saying, you know, John Doe, John, not John Doe, John John Doe can. Don't worry about John K. John no. K. John K is basically saying the people that are the whole you know saying the vaccine is unconstitutional are the ones that aren't getting it. No, you're absolutely wrong. There's so many people out there who, you know, they go and get the vaccine for themselves or to protect loved ones that they live with, to elderly people or people who have underlying issues. This isn't an anti-vax conversation. This is a this is a government overreach exact conversation. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. If you want to get, the, like we said, if you want to get the vaccine, go get the vaccine. It's a, we we are not saying don't get it. We're not adverti- We're not advertising saying don't get the vaccine. It's bad for you. There's five G in it. There's chips in it. It's uh, you know, it's it's the devil's uh, uh plan to take us all out. No, that's not what we're saying. Where we, you know, we're basically advocating for our rights. That's what it is. You I, I no don't rights. need I don't need a QR code for me to go sit down at a restaurant <laughs> and have dinner with my family. Well, I don't it, I don't need to cover my face when I'm perfectly if, healthy and go sit down and have a cup of coffee with a colleague. No,
1: that's not how it works. If 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 they cared about the well being of people, what they would do. And again, I understand the first few months they didn't understand it yet, even though it's it's a SARS two, which is very similar to SARS one. Um, it's not. Not, it wasn't an out-of-this-world virus, which we've never seen before. If they truly cared about the people, they would have had a very simple resource website. You go on it, for example, whatever covid19.org.gov, and it gives you locations based on your zip code as far as who you can go to to get the full treatment package. There's no such thing, and the doctors that were trying to pre- prescribe even till today treatment options, there's a lot of resistance from the FDA from some of these pharmacies that are not distributing these meds which is illegal Uh, that's why I don't think they have our best interest because, and that's a website anybody can any developer could have put together in a matter of two weeks put it together, all the physicians that, that choose to participate, sign up there's pharmacies, the government will distribute whatever it is, whether it's the monoclonal I- antibodies or the hydro- hydroxychloroquines of the world, whatever it is that they know works, and distribute it to people. That's it. Not this, uh, th- none of this, and, and we're going to see the end results ultimately five, ten years from now. When we look back and independent groups actually study what we did, and if they're not funded by a pharmaceutical company, we will see how wrong we managed this pandemic. That That's when we're going to see. Right now, everybody has their opinion. Everybody has a science degree. Everybody has a PhD now. Um, but I think five to ten years from now, when the true numbers come out, We'll see how this this whole thing was completely manipulated.
0: Well, you know, with the pandemic going on, you know, obviously the city of Los Angeles and a lot of other cities are mandating, you know, wearing masks indoors, around people, small groups, whatever it is, uh, which kind of leads into another topic. There's been a lot of obviously crime rates going up in the city of Los Angeles and identifying people now has become quite difficult because of these mask mandates. You have multiple spa- smash and grabs taking place. Crime rate going up significantly. In fact, there was actually a robbery in Chatsworth, which again is is your district, literally a couple hours ago, where they wa- they they went into a liquor store, and it's it's pathetic. They stole five boxes of vapes of uh electri- electric electronic <laughs> cigarettes. It's like you you really went in there at gunpoint and you took five boxes of vapes. I mean, it's it's. They it's, didn't it's take big,
1: like a Snickers bar or anything. <laughs> probably
0: not. Maybe a <laughs> Reese's bar. But it's funny. You look at the you look at the camera footage and everything. You, there's no way you're gonna identify that guy.
2: Yeah, I mean, people who uh, are g- gonna do bad things. I mean, they've been wearing masks. I don't know if this this mask thing is a is a new thing. But I mean, I mean, I would love to talk about the the crime that's going on mm-hmm. because I think that. Uh, You know, this is something that I'm very, very encouraged, you know, when we hear comments like, you know, coming out of, uh, you know, areas like uh, San Francisco and that, you know, people have had enough. Um, Again, I, I think the silent majority of people who are saying that, like, the way that, you know, things are being handled right now where people are with no bail, get out you know, commits the same crimes is not okay. And, you know, the conversations around, you know, LAPD, when I stood up and, and fought against, you know, s- some of the cutbacks, you know, one I was really upset that uh, we weren't sort of um, taking account of looking at LAPD and seeing the progress that they've made over the last few decades, where the makeup of the the forces mirrors exactly the, the population of, of the city of Los Angeles almost to uh, exact percent, and um, what what do you really mean by mean, that? Like it mirrors the population, like 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 you know with um, yeah, uh, uh, whites, blacks. Oh, the ethnicity, of, yeah, the yeah, the ethnicity of the officers or oh, officers, right? Okay, because you know they uh, they've made it to uh, you know. Understand different languages and of different things like yeah. that. I'm never saying that the LAPD is is perfect, and I don't think you you'll find someone that says they're absolutely perfect. Um, but to blame them um, and to take it on them when they have been noted, had been recognized as one of the progressive, most progressive uh, law enforcement agencies, and it, you know these talks that we're having, you know. You know they throw out the word of like reimagining and different things like that. You know what I'm all for looking at different things, but not in a in a a, a way that is going to fundamentally change how we address crime. You know when we're talking about you know you know non armed traffic stops or you know do people understand that when an officer walks up to a car, you know what a you know, frightening moment that is, so, you know, for them, you know, which is why, you know, I, I want to remove any type of thing. I flip on the dome light, put my hands on the steering wheel. Um, uh, but it's, you know, I, it's unfortunate that we have, uh, you know, some people have had that knee jerk reaction and like, Oh, well, we need to totally dismantle, you know, how we've been addressing this. And, and unfortunately that you know, that, that, I feel that that's coming around that people, whether I don't care what party you're from, Republican, Democrat, Independent, Green Party, but that people are starting to see that, um, you know, what's going on in you know in our city and our society is not okay. Or is there any? I mean, see,
1: when you've had these discussions of defunding or reforming the police department. What are some of the other members' argument as far as to 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 cut down the funding? What, what's their logic?
2: Um, <laughs> you know the, the the points you know that they you know that they they're arguing is that um you know coming from a you know different you know perspective. I you know I don't I don't know what it's like to you know be. You know, Hispanic. I don't know what I like to be. You know, African American. Um, they're they're trying. they're you know, they're coming from a point which I just don't uh, honestly agree with. And I was very upset that when we took that money, and it was basically then doled out to you know all the different council members for different you know projects. You know, in their in their community. You know, for me, you know, I gave majority of that money just right back to. LAPD, law, law yeah, law enforcement issues, overtime issues, and uh, um, you know, uh, a wonderful youth program, LAPD youth program in my district. I mean, if they want to talk about like you know trying to reach out to kids and trying to to relook at how you know policing is done in in a way of like you know reaching out to youth and creating those programs, I'm all for it. But when they start talking about some of these drastic measures, it's just you know, it,
0: see, but it shows. To see what he just mentioned. He said, you know, he took the money, he gave it back to LAPD. That's why crime rates in your in your district didn't go up as bad as, you know, down south.
1: But these people think LAPD is part of the problem. The ones that vote for and support the defunding of go the police. Go find
0: out where these people that are for the defund the police, where they live.
1: I'm these, sure These fellow council members. <laughs> I'm sure they, they have a gate in front of their house and they have security, security alarms and everything else. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, of course. You know? ADTs on speed dial. Yeah.
1: I'm but, sure. But that, that's why I would love to pick their brain if, if there's any much of it left and to understand how they come up with these, these supposed resolutions to solve crime. We're going to put less officers on the street that's that's the solution to f- because well, officers was, are the problem
0: yeah well it wasn't only less officers um you know our, our wonderful d.a you know passed mm. quite a few quite a few laws as far as uh the no the no the, the, the bail the no bail law what was it 20 criminals were out within 24 to 48 hours right if it was 950 or less as far as theft
2: yeah i mean it was uh really <laughs> I, I don't even know many of them make twenty four hours, you know. A lot of frustration, you know, has been for the officers of like, um, you know, I. You know, they're filling on paperwork and they're watching, you know, someone walk, you know, walk out. It's, uh, you know, I think it's unfortunate that anytime we take the perspective, looking of like, oh, how can I prosecute more police officers instead of. Taking a look of, like, how can I just in general, you know, stop, you know, crimes from happening or, you know, creating. Uh, uh, right now, some of the things and some of the stories that you hear are, you know, I just, I don't, I don't know, I don't know anyone that supports it maybe you're saying you can say that i live in my own little bubble or echo chamber of people that you know i'm friends with that say this i don't know anyone that looks at some of the different you know things that are being passed and say that's uh that's a good idea then us. how is it being passed if nobody is supporting you well you know um it, just like me he was elected you know by the people and uh you know the people have you know Different ways, whether it's through a recall or for voting someone out of office. Um, they'll have to, but you know, it's it. I, I really don't understand sometimes. Well, they're voting to recall like him that, now, like right? Uh, there's an effort, yeah. There's an effort going on. They're working on getting the signatures to get that. It's you know, it's a uh, it's a it's not an easy process, which it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be just an easy process to recall somebody, but um. You know they're going through that that process right now. They, I guess, their first attempt yeah, didn't work, and you know this time around you know, they'll be able to better. I think they're there, getting right close this time around. Oh, right? I think, I think, I, I I think that unlike unlike maybe a proposition on on a ballot, um, you know, I think a lot more people are sort of aware of what's going on, and um, if you know. <laughs> like, I, like I say, I think the majority of people disagree with how some of the things are being handled. Yeah.
0: And again, you know, being recalled doesn't mean he's he's voted out. Being recalled means he's going to be on the ballot, as in for the twenty twenty two ballot. Correct?
2: Um, no, I think I believe he's on the twenty four. So it'll
0: be so he's he's still going to sit there for another. No,
2: if if you're recalled then.
0: No, that's uh, what I am saying. If if the recall on. goes through, he'll be on that November ballot.
1: November
2: ballot to be revoted voted in? Or no, 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 to be re- removed. Right, no, no, so yes, it'll be on that on the ballot, and then if he's removed, there will be, you know... A replacement, basically. A, a basic replacement, adjustment. yeah. No, y- that's, what I, that's what I want to mm-hmm.
0: c- clarify. When he's recalled, it, it's basically meaning he's going to be put on the ballot to be removed, correct? Correct. And then it'll be on the 2022
1: well,
2: a new you know he can run again in twenty twenty four. I think uh, is when his term. Levitt that says term is two a, and a half that, million
1: already yeah. signed.
2: That's a huge number. Yeah, I don't. If, if I don't know what the yeah. I don't know what the percentage or goal or what they have to turn in. You always like to have more. Um, you'd be surprised at how many people sign a petition and they're not registered to vote, yeah. or you know, they don't live in. How you know, many the How many votes and, did we have? How many signatures do we
1: have for Newsom, Levy? Because I remember it being about that same number. How can No, I think it was more than that. Yeah, the it, number yeah. of signatures we had was... Because yeah, it's, state, it's statewide. Yeah, this is yeah. just a city. You have to have a percentage or something. Yeah. And I think yeah, yeah, I, I, I thought that was the number. It was in the $2 million range to, in order for the uh, recall to take effect.
0: Yeah, so see, Levy is saying he will be on the 2022, 2022 ballot to be replaced. So yeah. It,
1: Maybe John K. can replace him. No, yeah, that's what we need. No. That's what we need.
0: That's what we need. But yeah, I mean, the whole the whole defunding the police, and you know, uh, I don't know, man. I I I look at everything that's been going on for the past two years, as far as people being against the police, the the ba- the bails being so lenient, and everybody kind of just getting a slap on the hand for for the smash and grabs and thefts and robberies and all this stuff. Uh, it's it's a recipe for disaster i think pe- i think people should be punished more severely for theft there shouldn't be a 950 cap on a on a on theft
1: that
2: just shows you that people need to read and understand the propositions that they're that that are on the ballot um you know that i, I believe that that Prop forty-seven was sold as a safe neighborhood, safe schools act, or yeah. something, and uh, you know that is something that has had major repercussions about how, um, and I think is, um, isn't that how there all these propositions are passed? Is
1: they create this fake facade of this is it's going to help the people, but and uh, like you said, nobody reads it, and the actual underlying. Uh, effects of it is for example well you know we're reducing the uh no bail 950 dollars for uh, petty theft mm-hmm. no charges and whatever other bs they put in there but then when you see it promoted the promotion is about safe neighborhoods your kids can play in the park without parental supervision and you know yeah. uh, it's just going to feel like disneyland all, it's it's, all it's of of
2: unfortunate it. <laughs> i mean like uh, you know i don't remember the ad campaign for it but um you know, it. I can't imagine if people sort of understood uh, what it meant to pass that, um, but it's up to you know uh, people of different mind to try to try to repeal certain things that like have had a detrimental effect on the state of our are not only a city but this entire state.
0: And I think the media pl- plays a big role in this as well because the media continues to kind of uh reinform people that basically, oh listen, if you know these these people that are smashing and grabbing, stealing, shoplifting, uh the fact that they're stealing under $950 are being released within 24 to 48 hours. And all of a sudden these guys look at each other and go, "Oh, did you hear that? Did you hear what the media said? Did you hear what the news said?" We can go still up to nine hundred and fifty dollars. If it's less than that, we won't get in trouble.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> I haven't paid for groceries since I think August. <laughs> yeah.
0: See, this is what I want to understand. <laughs> if if you walk into a store, let's say, okay, you know what? I'm not wearing a mask. I'm walking into a store, but I'm still willing to pay for my stuff. As in, here's my here's the item <laughs> that I want. I'm, I I'm willing. You know I'm, <laughs> I'm willing to pay for this. I want you to ring me up, and they say. No, I'm not going to ring you up unless you wear a mask. You go, all right? Fantastic. So I'm just going to grab the stuff and I'm going to
1: leave. Well, at is least pay for that, the bags. The ten oh, cents. Oh, the ten for the cents. Bags. I
0: mean, yeah. is that considered shoplifting?
2: No, not. A, that's why I tell you, I haven't, I haven't yeah. paid for anything since it's, August. It's, it's unfortunate, and and unfortunately, we have a lot of different uh, frustrated store owners um, dealing with situations where people just come in and walk out. I've had managers of different um, supermarkets uh, in my district say, well, I've been told not to, not to engage. And, yeah. uh, you know, people come in, they take things and it's, would,
0: it's, you, would uh, you like a 10 cent bag? Would you like a free <laughs> bag with the stuff that you're taking out? It's sad, man. It's sad. It's, it's really, really sad. And uh, the fact that law enforcement has, are, are basically handcuffed themselves. It, it doesn't make the situation any better.
2: No, I, I would agree with yeah. you, and uh, you know, I. But it, it's it's nice to hear when when you say that the you know things are the pendulum is changing. I I know that public opinion is is changing, and or may have already you know never really been on 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 that other you know side. Is that now you have politicians coming out, right? Yeah. People who said a whole different message last year, but coming out today saying like enough's enough. You know, we've had it there, you know, when they start talking that way, you know, that they're getting the message that people are not okay with what's going on in in our world. These, you know, these activities that have been happening recently, that's, you know, who, who supports that, you know, and who thinks that, who thinks that's okay, what's been going on, you know, at at these different stores or just smashing windows and grabbing things and then, you know, so... Levick is saying see, Newsom's was also two and a
1: half million signatures. Right. If if that's accurate, and we have two and a half million
2: for Gascon, then the rules might be different for LA County, state. Uh, yeah, I don't know the yeah, exact yeah, but if you cr- for a recall.
1: But if you compare the numbers, statewide, two and a half million, sure, we uh it, it triggered a recall, then for sure this guy has to get recalled, unless. Somebody's controlling the... Something
0: uh, miraculously happens like it's been <laughs> happening for the past three years.
1: It's become a
0: joke, bro. Yeah. It's, be, it's literally become a joke, but uh, we had another question. Someone was asking, you know, going back to the whole homeless thing, uh, asking uh, when is the no camping by parks and schools being uh, taking effect and uh, and what are we going to do if we ask them to leave and they refuse to?
2: So each council member is responsible for the, you know, posting of signs and uh, at these uh, different locations throughout their district. So, Councilman Buscaino has um, put a, a lot of different places I've put in. Uh, you know, I have my list of different parks that I, you know, that were, you know placing signs. Um, but unfortunately, the you, you know we're going to be just you know moving the problem. And not dealing with the situation that the people that, you know, are living on our streets a lot, they they need help. And, yeah. you know,
1: we're just. Be- before you became a city council member. And, and I asked the same question to Sheriff Villanueva when he was on our show mm-hmm. about 10 days ago. Um, do you have as much power and control as you thought you would when you were running for office?
2: yeah i mean i I don't know if i i looked at it uh that way of having that but i you know i think that i i do have the power to try to make uh things better in my my individual district uh in the citywide you know it was always understood that um you know looking at the makeup of the council that i would be um the minority on a lot of on A lot of different votes, yeah uh, but like I said, a lot of times you know I'm and I hope people realize this when they see some of these votes is that you know I'm really trying behind the scenes to you know um, really try to make it um, whether it's a business uh, ordinance or passing or something that's gonna affect people that I'm trying my best uh, to uh, make it. Better, like, I'll give you an example, and which is just uh, crazy. When they were talking about, like, um, uh, people in the hospitality industry, like, let's say, ho- a hotel was bringing back a union, you know, employee, that they would have to then give 10 days for that person if, to respond before they moved on to the next highest in seniority. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to explain to them, like, what... If we're trying to get this economy up and running again and going and we want businesses to come back, how can they wait 10 days? And what if that person refuses? Then they ask the next person and wait another 10 days. If you need a bellhop, if you need a front desk person, if you need, you know, a chef, you need to be able to, you know, get that response. And so those are some of the things, you know, that, you know, if when you talk about like, you know, having that influence, yeah, I'd like to think that, you know, uh, a lot of these things might have just been accepted and gone by without you know anyone questioning it. Yep.
0: <laughs> Do we have any 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 questions from uh live viewers before we kind of
1: No, I addressed uh all the reasonable yeah. questions and is, comments. Is
0: Petite Park on on the list for one of those uh Yes. Is it or Pettit Park? Sorry, so Pettit Park is on the list for no camp, no campgrounds.
2: Yeah, that is one of the identified okay. locations.
0: There the there's, there's another question answered. Uh, John, I want to thank you for taking time out of your Monday to be with us. Uh, we're gonna stay in touch with you because we want to get one of your colleagues on here. <laughs>
2: I will do my but, best. But yeah, one of
0: your one to... are, one of the colleagues that kind of disagrees with you. Sure, uh, I, that.
1: I, I it think seems like eighty percent. Yeah, disagree, <laughs> so
0: <just laughs> I, pick one. Here's the thing: I, I think it'll be healthy conversation. And uh, obviously, maybe a good way to approach him is you know hey, it's you know it's a it's a podcast, and there's a bunch mm-hmm. of people that are viewing it. You know, you could especially if they're up for re-election again, maybe to kind of get their point across and. um have just a regular conversation and discuss what's going on in the city of Los Angeles.
2: Like I said, I think it's important that we have this conversation, whether we agree or disagree to try to, you know, hear different points. Yeah. And
0: and nobody's going to attack anybody. It's just, again, like, like we said, it's going to be healthy conversation. We just want to hear what they have to say and what their views are. And, you know, with you, we know your heart's in the right place. You know, we know your mindset is in the right place and wherever you're, you're headed with your views. It's, it is the right place. We want to know why the your colleagues tend to kind of put a you know a wrench in the chain at this point. So uh, hopefully we can make that happen. But thank you so much for taking time. Thank you guys, I appreciate it. it. We appreciate appreciate it. it. Uh, Everybody else, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for your questions. Thank you for your comments. Uh, You can find tomorrow today's podcast. It'll be up and running on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and all major platforms tomorrow. Um, other than that, have a great week. Have a great weekend. We'll see you guys next week with Edgar.
1: And Merry Christmas.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yes. yes. Christmas. Merry week. Christmas. Yeah. yeah everybody, everybody have a great Christmas. Have a great Christmas Eve, great Christmas morning. Enjoy it with your families. Um, if you're going to be drinking on Christmas Eve, make sure you take an Uber. Be responsible. Yes. Be responsible. Uh, again, Merry Christmas, and we'll see you guys next week.
1: I love my hat as well, Edgar. Says "Old lives matter for those of you that can't see the font." Oh
0: jeez. Have a great one, guys.